But I will say, if you're a guy who likes fishing and you find a girl who likes fishing, Ugh. that is an instant probably hard, right? Like, on. And, um... <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I don't know. I forgot the on. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that is an instant. Because, because like, it's probably hard to find. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you made it to us, you love romantic comedies, which is great because we do as well. So, this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? Today we have players. players. And wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow, subscribe, and. If you want to reach out about anything on the pod, we have this really cool community going on on our Instagram account that we would love for you to be a part of. It's at Romcom Rewind on Instagram. We have a message from Selena. She says, hi, Sarah and Devin. I recently found your podcast in search for one about rom-coms and have been on a binge listen ever since. Surprise, that's us. You it's found us. It's so amazing. I'd love for you to do an episode on About Anyone But You. Mm. Um, it's my new absolute favorite movie. Also rewatches What Happens in Vegas and another Cinderella story. Maybe also Passengers and Titanic. Not comedy, but still romantic. I would totally put Titanic in the I wheelhouse of things completely we would do. agree. Yeah. Yes, yes. So thank you so much for your message. Anyone but you has got to be on our list for the next month. Because, like, it seems so many of you listening. Yeah. If there's one new romantic comedy you've seen this year, it's probably that one. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to f go find it in the theater and go to it. We got to get that done, Devin. We might be the only ones at I know. this point. But Who haven't <laughs> been. <laughs> I haven't been to a theater in a while. Actually, you know what? Since Barbie. Yeah, Since we talked about that. the debacle in Barbie. Last episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is another new 2024. Uh, it's a Netflix romantic comedy. Players is directed by Trish See, I hope I'm saying that right. Trish is best known for directing Step Up All In and Pitch Perfect 3, kind of carrying on those oh, franchises. Okay. This is the story, however, of Mackenzie, or Mac, played by Gina Rodriguez. Mac is a New York City, uh, she's a sports beat writer. She works for a magazine. Her real calling card is that her and her friends have elaborate and strange ways that they scheme to hook up with people. Like plays. They run plays to hook up. Uh, those people are uh, co-worker Adam, played by Damon Wyans Jr. Other co-worker, there's Brannigan, played by Augustus Prue. And his younger brother, Little. They literally just call him <laughs> Little. Uh, he's played by Joel Courtney. They kind of make up the group. Now, this group and Mac are thrown into flux, however, when Pulitzer Prize nominated author yes, yeah. Nick, played by Tom Ellis, arrives at their office. He's very notable. And Mac is immediately enthralled with him and needs to be with him. She has to have him. Thus, the group, they come up with another elaborate scheme, a play for Mac to nab Nick. That's your lead-in for players. What are your thoughts? Brannigan, what do you got? I need a wingman tonight. Blonde bar martini. Mac? She's thinking. Let's run BG Fantasy. Ooh, yes. Back or soda, please. Can we talk? I am so, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just think that we're moving too fast. Physically? God, no. That oh. thing that you do with your tongue is miraculous. You know what? Let's cancel Fiji. Take somebody else. Don't leave. You're gonna go after her? Okay, I
I really enjoyed this movie. And I don't know if it's because I love Damon and I love Gina from like their separate sitcoms that they weren't on before. Um, I, I really liked it. I liked the writing in this. I liked the jokes. And n- now that you say that the director did Pitch Perfect 3, I'm like, I can vibe with that. It okay. was, it might have been my least favorite Pitch Perfect movie, but I still liked it, you know? Like, I still loved it. Um, I did really enjoy this movie. For a Netflix rom-com, hey, I think they did a good job. This is the second movie for Gina. Um, she did Someone Great a few years ago, I believe in 2018, 2019. We haven't done that one yet for the pod. I'm sure it'll come soon. Um but I really liked it. I liked the writing. I loved the jokes. I thought they were really quick and witty. And I liked the group. And what I liked best, because I, I do like this movie quite a bit, obviously, as you can tell. Um, it was like a reverse on what we would normally see in a rom-com where like the guy would do a play to get the girl, which right. has been done so many times. Sure, like yeah. Or like whether it was like a bet made or whether it was like a deal done or like whatever, like a scheme to come up with to get the girl or to get a girl. I liked that it was kind of like role reversal and she was the playmaster and like wanted to get out of the friend zone and like made this elaborate scheme in a way or a play um, to get the guy. I agree with you. I think like this one didn't quite totally hit for me, but I do agree. I loved They didn't how hit it out of the park for you. They didn't hit it out of the park for me. <laughs> but I love how fleshed out the background characters were, or I yes. guess the sideline characters. Because yeah. there's some movies where you think, oh man, I wish, I wish the supporting whoever got way more screen time. They stole mm. the show, but they were in it for like 10 minutes. No, no, no. The, the sideline characters play big roles in this, I thought Joel Courtney, he's going to be my honorable mention. I thought he was fantastic. He uh, was funny. Augustus as Branigan was hilarious. Brannigan. Gina, you talked about it. She was from Jane the Virgin, right? She was, I yes. I loved Jane the Virgin. This is an interesting collision of a lot of fascinating, because Joel Courtney, the kissing yeah. booth. Yeah. That's where you know him from. Gina Rodriguez, Jane the Virgin, Tom Ellis. Lucifer. Yep. I mean, Damon Wines Jr. has been doing a ton of stuff. It is kind of an interesting combination of like a lot of people who kind of like ran the ship on their own shows for mm-hmm, a long time mm-hmm. coming together to do this movie, which is really the chemistry just didn't totally fit for me. Is where I'm going to draw the line. I will agree. I think, you know what? I will agree with you on that. I think chemistry as a friend group was pretty good for me. Oh, Yes. Impeccable. Yeah, I the think. The friends were so much fun, yeah. but it was just hard to sell me on Adam, yeah. Damon, fun fact, being the actual love interest. Yes. Because they were like best friends. They were like brother and sister. Yeah. And they and they grazed on it quickly at the very beginning, saying that they, they tried it in high school, or tried it in college, didn't work, moved on. And like, it was like they were best friends forever. And you didn't really see the, the, the real chemistry between. I get it. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, let's. Let's dive in. So the movie starts out with them running a play to get a girl, and the play is called Fiji Fantasy. It hits everything a woman wants, someone who spends money on their person, who's ready for a long-term commitment, hook, line, and sinker. It works. Well, the intro, you don't even see their faces. You can hear them talking about all these different plays that they could possibly do. It's very reminiscent of Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. In fact, like if you just took the concept of like Barney Stinson's like 
the bro code playbook, yep. I think is what he calls it. Like that's basically this whole movie. It's like, what if we really like write a story centered around these people just run plays to get each other to hook up with other people. And that's how the movie starts. Weirdly enough though, I think it was in better taste extremely better (laughs) taste like i think there was no cringe level to it it was kind of like this is what happens at a bar all the time like people are figuring out ways to you know what's what's your pickup line what's what do you talk about when you first like start talking to somebody what do you think tinder and and all the other dating sites do right So i'll tell you the exact difference how i met your mother i vividly remember this episode uh, Barney Stinson uh, knocked on women's doors who he knew they were married and told them, like, your husband's been cheating on you with my wife. Oh we my should God. get back at them. Oh, my God. By having sex with me. Oh my so, like, God. potentially ruining marriages? Yeah. A little bit... Different? More unsavory yeah. than this movie. This movie, everybody remains likable. Yes. While they're running these plays and schemes to get a, each other hooked up. Because they're not... That's a like, good point. They're, they're not hurting anybody. It's just sex, guys. It's an elaborate way to get, get sex. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm it's kind of... marriages here. Yeah, and like it's kind Barney of... Stinson. It's kind of established at the very beginning that it's like they do this for hooking up, not for long-term relationships, right? Yeah. Like it's just for, for a good time. And so um, Mac gets back to the, her apartment. And it's funny because like... You can tell she can run a play by herself. So she gets home. She tells her friends before she leaves she's going to go and hook up with her neighbor who's moving like that weekend. She gets back to her apartment, does a mailbox switch, then runs upstairs to her to her place, puts on fishing TV and she brushes fishing rod, yeah, grabs fishing rod, tackle. Closet. She's got a tackle box. Everything kind of in place. She's brushing her teeth. And then all of a sudden she gets a knock at the door and it's super early. Like she's been out all night and it's her neighbor who is into fishing, obviously. Also objectively good looking guy. Yes, definitely. And he's kind of like, hey, somehow I got your mail. And then he notices over her shoulder. He's like, are you watching the <laughs> the fishing bonanza of 2022 <laughs> yeah. or whatever the freaking show yeah, was? Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, isn't it great? She like reads up on all these things, all the interests of the person in order to get them. Anyway, it works. Literally, this is this is a hook, line, and sinker for this. Um, they hook up and then he, she sends him on his way and he like says, oh, good luck with the move. Like knowing full well, this was like a one night stand. This, this is all that's going to happen. Never going to see you again. So I thought that was interesting that she... She cycled in on this one hobby. She's like, he's a fishing guy. I'm just going to convince him I'm a fishing girl. Yeah. We're going to bang. And I thought that's interesting that like, I don't know, fishing was literally the only way that she, like, th- that's what got this guy laid. I have a question for you. <laughs> what do you think are the most sexy hobbies in that? Like, what hobbies do you think get you laid the most? Oh, why don't you throw out some thoughts? Um, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. I just okay. want to let everybody okay. know I couldn't find those exact stats. Okay, so what I think, um, fishing is not probably up there for me. No, you're um, in a boat with maybe probably like, just another dude. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like skiing, snowboarding. Okay, interesting. Like winter, winter sports. Okay. I mean, everybody's um, got masks and goggles on. Yeah, I but... I guess if you're in a chairlift alone. I know, I yeah, know some ski yeah. hills do that. For Valentine's Day, they'll like... It'll oh be gosh. like a singles thing really? on the chairlift. 
So if two, yeah, they, I they get love single that. people on the chairlift, and it's kind of like a five minute date, right? Oh my god, just that's going up the chairlift. so cute! It's like speed dating, but skiing and like snowboarding. I think they literally call it something along those lines. Anyway, oh my god, I love it. Ski I, dating. I I didn't find like you know the stats on what hobbies get you laid the most, right. but I did find good Reddit stories of what people on Reddit think gets you laid. I love it, and it's funny because Sarah. You actually have experience in some of these. Oh, gosh. So maybe you can tell us if oh, no. if it is or not. Okay. Uh, the first one, this person says, <laughs> sailing. Oh. We have a team of 10 to 12 people on a boat, 50% male, 50% female. We're spending the whole weekend in the sun and drinking and then figuring out how to fall asleep on a boat that only has eight uh, beds for eight open bar almost every night multiply by 20 to 300 teams, depending on the regatta, all docked in the same area get a lot of commingling oh for sure with people you you've sailed i have sailed. you took yes. sailing lessons because yeah. you just live in a different world than the rest of us oh my god that sailing lessons are no but would you say that that could uh get you some yes action? i think so definitely okay it's like it's kind of i think sailing is like i think any sport that's like a group sport where you're all together like and like that stuff can happen like you can if and there's mingling okay for sure we need to ask the question did okay. sailing ever get you laid? No. Okay. Do you know people who got laid no. sailing? Okay. Did no. you not sail around some Greek islands? Yes. And nothing happened? Actually, no. You know what? Somebody did from a boat, but it was a yeah. it was somebody they met on one of the Greek isles that we, we were ported in. <laughs> and it was really awkward, actually, because the it was like a full moon that night, and they went out, swam out, and they like did it in the in middle the of the ocean well oh, we were all oh. on the shore but they didn't know that the moon was so full so we could see them <laughs> god guys be better i forgot about that actually that's hilarious yeah so answer uh, sailing can yeah, get you yeah that's, for sure i'm answer. sure it could definitely um that's so funny this one might be okay so working at a renaissance fair this also wait i just want to clarify we didn't watch them though like we realized and we were like oh god this is awkward and we like turned away i just want to clarify Sarah, that when you told the story it sounded like you guys were watching <laughs> we weren't <laughs> we weren't we were like oh no and we kind of just like continued drinking <laughs> i mean what else are you gonna do it's what's on tv you're gonna watch oh my <laughs> god um this next person says working at a renaissance fair okay i would not have pictured that but they say lots of people who make endless dirty jokes you crash catch a cross-section of outgoing artsy and nerdy people which seems to lead to a lot of interest in sex i i feel mm. like you know you're with people who have the same likes and dislikes as you in one area, mm-hmm. again, you're mingling. And I think you probably have a lot in common with these people. And so one <laughs> okay. thing leads to another. We didn't need political Sarah here. Political Sarah saying, is here. Judge Sarah is in session. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I could see it because um, you're with people who like the same shit as you. <laughs> And there is something dressing up as somebody else. You who, think? I, I okay, think well so. then, if that's the case, it can, it then can bring out a different then character like Comic Con definitely totally. would be like hide those janitor's closets because or lock them, <laughs> lock them because there's stuff Hard happening to hide in a there. I know. Closet, lock Sarah. it. Lock it. <laughs> this isn't Hogwarts. It doesn't move around. <laughs> the room of requirement. Uh, this person says once again in Sarah's wheelhouse, being a summer camp counselor. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Sarah knows some stories no. about hookups. Let's go. Tell Not us. me personally, Let but me guess. yes. They swam out into the lake on a No, <laughs> they did not. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, definitely camp counselor for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, this person says, a guy I met through work told me how he had secretly or recently joined an intramural cheerleading squad another thing sarah has familiarity with said the girls were smoking hot and it kept him in shape uh you were in cheerleading no i was yes <laughs> were there male cheerleaders yes there were male cheer- okay. cheerleaders on our team was yeah. there co-mingling with yes the che- yeah, there was co-mingling there was. how could there not, not with me personally but um yes there was there was and actually some got married some really? are married. Some are married oh, that I cheered with. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. I'm th- trying to think one, two or three dated for a while, but aren't together anymore. But yeah, there's a few, definitely one or two that are married now. Yeah. I'm telling you, anytime you get a group of people together and there's mingling see, that's what, and hobbies that are the same. That's why I'm like the, the fishing thing is like you're, there's not a whole lot of group no, fishing that occurs. I agree. It's, it's small groups or it's two to three people but i will usually. but i will say if you're a guy who likes fishing and you find a girl who likes fishing Ugh. that is an instant probably hard right like on and um <laughs> why did you say it like that i don't know i forgot the on but like do you know what i mean like that is an instant because because like it's probably hard to find it is true i mean you know you listening you can corroborate if this is accurate or not but where we live dudes on tinder love to show off the fish that they've they love to show off their fish yeah tinder which or any dating site a lot of girls in our area are like that's ridiculous that's stupid but i know some people yes some girls do like it Mm -hmm. we okay can we talk about we know a girl Who's a better fisherman than most of the guys she knows. She dated a guy who we both know. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, really? You dated oh, so-and-so? Yes. Yeah, I and forgot we were just about like, that. That's an interesting combo. Like, how did it that is work out? It is an extremely interesting and combo. And she explained to us, she's like, well, he had a great boat. <laughs> we're like, what else? <laughs> she's like, no, no, it was just the boat. We dated because of his boat. And she liked to fish. And she liked to fish and he had yeah. a great boat. Sometimes that's all it takes, I guess. <laughs> I mean... It's probably a good thing they're not together, but... uh, (laughs) They're no longer together. They they were previous. She's dating another guy who also does fish. Yeah. Probably doesn't have a nice boat, I guess. But, (laughs) you know, beggars can't be choosers. Sometimes you marry for love. She might actually like this guy. (laughs) Sometimes you marry for love. Sometimes you marry for boats. You know, it's... (laughs) Boats, boats, boats. It's a (laughs) toss-up. So we find out that uh, Mac and all her friends are all journalists for a newspaper. And that day at work, Nick Russell. The guy from Lucifer. Yes. Comes into the office where they all work, who is a super accomplished journalist. It's established that she wants to hit that. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Could you point me to Kirk's office? Was that a... I know. Who was she again? That's Nick Russell. He's New York's most eligible bachelor. He's a war reporter. And he saved an actual orphan from an actual burning building. Was it burning? Collapsing. Sinking. Maybe it's just like a bad building somewhere. Mm. What's wrong with you? I might like him. Like, like him, like him? I'm 33, and I want an adult. Want this dude? Let's get him. 
Need to play, guys. What do we got? We've never played for keeps. Well, then, it's Moneyball this shit, baby. They play Drip Drop, where she's always in the vicinity of him. And this is when they're out at a retirement party. And this is the play that they call, um, it's drip drop where I, I, and it kind of just shows, they don't explain it, but they just show the whole play at hand. And I, I think anyway, she's always in the vicinity of where he is and ends up like talking to her one-on-one at the end of the night. And it's like always in his line of view, always just close enough, always almost dancing on him, always almost spelling, spilling his, her drink on him. Like just always there. She ends up at his place. They sleep together. He falls asleep, but she's wandering around his apartment and realizes like this is like a grown man. And like this is an adult. This is who I want to be with. I'm ready for the next step of like being in a relationship. One of my favorite parts of this movie and it happens multiple times throughout the movie is when they're trying to figure out the play that they want to run on somebody like Barney Stinson on how I met your mother would like break down an entire play. Yeah. They don't, they just kind of spitball and like, it's very strange to me. It, it does kind of give you an itch at the back of your brain that you're like, what does that mean? Because they're, they're like, Oh, can we run the Babe Ruth? And somebody like, wow, we don't have two nuns. And it's somebody, you know, yeah. it's just like they always have, it's like, <laughs> what, what, what was that then? What does that even mean? Yeah. You know, you, like, you definitely want to know more. You want to know more. It does make you think like, what, what is all this stuff they're talking about? Yeah. You know? So Nick wakes up and he comes out in the living room and he says to her, like, do you want me to call you a lift? And she's surprised for like a split second because I think she thought that he was a grown adult and might say, hey, do you want to get some food or whatever? And then she says, no, you know what? I already did when she obviously didn't. And it wasn't even the next morning. It was still the same night. So she went out that night after she left his apartment and met up with her friends who were still out. Classic New York City. I am in my 30s and I cannot stay out. Like that late anymore. Like what? That's insane to me. I mean, good for them. Like good for them. They're all single, having a great time. Like it's the life they're living. I love it. I can't do that. Adam agrees. Once she kind of lays it all out saying like, I want to get him. I want to be out of the friend zone. Like I'm ready. And Adam says, okay, well let's do this. Let's get him for you. So they devise a plan that they all get information on him. They, you know, stake him out during the day, the night, online. They brief her, and the ultimate goal is to get a drawer in his apartment. That's what she ultimately wants, which they all are like, okay, you like, you can date the guy. That could be your goal, but you want a drawer. Cool. Turns out that they don't have a play because they've never actually played for keeps before. They've always played for just, you know, hooking up. She comes up with an ultimate play called The Flurry. It's a new play. She, the first part of the play is to become a regular at the bookstore that he's going to be doing a reading at. Slam dunk. It works. They have a brief conversation and it kind of like piques his interest in her once again. Then the next one is The Duck, which she becomes a short term runner. I'm just going to say that. Very short They term. spritz her with some water, like her and her friends. Um, Adam spritz her with water. The other two, Little and um, Brannigan, they're on the lookout. And she pretends not to see him while she's running by him. Again, it works. The third play, part of the play, I should say, is called the Rope-A-Dope. They need a girl, but they don't have one because she doesn't have any girlfriends because her best friends are all of them. They decide to get the receptionist um, who works at the newspaper, Ashley. And 
this part of the play is called The Faint. And they're at a park where there's a movie playing that evening. And she makes it so that she falls in his path. Like she puts her blanket down, sits down with Ashley. Ashley pretends to be completely drunk and wasted and starts eating food off. It's actually funny. Like all of these plays and all of these things are actually funny. And they're they're very th- well thought they out. They are. Like, even like the spritzing her chest with water. She's like, my boobs look good. To, yeah, to make it look like she's been running for a while. Like hilarious. It is well thought out. It's it's well written in the sense that like the the details are there. Like they're all there. And like the witty comments are all there. So Ashley's like lying on the ground completely wasted. And again, the play works like a charm because Mackenzie and Nick, they chat briefly, but it's so that Mackenzie has to bring home Ashley because she's too drunk, but it leaves him again guessing. So I I just have one complaint. Okay. Very thoughtful, very well thought out. Can we not just ask this guy out on a date? We've now gone through all this stuff. Weeks have gone by. We're not even dating him yet. I know, I know. We don't even have a full conversation with him. We exactly. Like, what are we doing? But, But I get it. That's the shtick of the the running plays and stuff. I just got to a point where I'm like, wow, we're weeks in now. And yes. you didn't you still didn't get the date at the last thing where your friend pretended to be drunk? I, I do agree that I think like it might have been she didn't need to be drunk and brought home. Like maybe it was like, a, oh, shoot, I got to go family emergency and like leaves. And then the two of them can have a cute like, you yes. know, whatever. There was Give no. Yeah, there was no like like. Um, no I sense guess of urgency here, guys. Yeah, like I don't know. It, it was that part I did find. Like every every play they played, I was like, okay, maybe this is the time where like they actually get to go on a date, where they actually get to go on a date, where they actually, you know, I kept on asking myself. I do, I do agree. Uh, Mac and Adam are on the field outside the big stadium, baseball stadium, and they have a moment talking about Mac's parents, and she realizes the angle. For her feature for the newspaper for her next article is her parents, their first game, their last game, and people of the stadium and their memories of the games that they went to and their favorite memory at the stadium. Then we kind of get back to the plays. Her friends run to where she's working because Nick has scheduled a third date with somebody, Top Bun, and she believes that this is the make it or break it point. And it could be a six-month delay if the date that Nick goes on with this Top Bun girl is successful. Turns out the girl is a doctor, so of course they have a play for this. Nick is bringing Top uh, Top Bun, at least they give the girl a name, but um, <laughs> Top Bun to classical music theater, uh, big kind of event, and... It's completely sold out, so she can't even get tickets to, like, kind of pretend to go in there. They get the hospital to call her and bring her out for an emergency at the hospital. And then Mac goes in and pretends to have lost her ticket outside. She gets in, bumps into him at the bar, and makes up a story about her brother, which I'm like, I knew that will bite you in the ass later. And um, he invites her to sit with him for the second half, which is exactly what she wanted of the, after the intermission. After they exit, he asks her on the date. Finally. Finally, we got the date. She's made it. She's past the friend zone. (laughs) It only took like 80,000 pieces to the play. They go out to celebrate the group and Adam brings his new girlfriend, Claire turns out normally you don't invite the new significant other unless you're serious, which means Adam and this girl, Claire are serious. 
It takes Mac back a little bit. She's a little bit like, um, why did you not tell me about her? Which he doesn't really tell her why. I think he himself is also trying to move on now that he's realized that Mac wants something serious with somebody else. She's adamant about going on a double date. And so they do. They go on a double date. Adam, Claire, Nick, and Mac. And Claire suggests ordering food to share at the table. And turns out that Nick doesn't want to do that because he thinks that um, as a foreign uh, correspondent and journalist, um, he doesn't share food because he believes people are trying to poison him in foreign countries. <laughs> a little bit self-important. He's very self-important. Um, how do we feel about full fish being delivered? This was a sticking point for... Brand Z- Bar- Bar- is it Branzino? Bar- Baranzino? Adam. Yes. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. has a problem with the Big fish time. having the eyes. How do you feel about it? I also do not like fish with eyes. I don't like fish with skin. So I don't like with fish with skin or eyes or heads. <laughs> this is a fish, sticking point fish for skin, Sarah. Fish skin or eyes. No, thank you. No fish, anything for Sarah. I'll eat fish with no skin or eyes or uh, heads. Okay. I'm good. You? How about you? You've eaten. You know what? Yes, we've been in Europe and you've gotten a whole fish. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I don't want to look at it. I do believe that their eyes do follow you. <laughs> like the Mona Lisa? Yeah. You know, Anywhere you, you go in the room, it's eyes. just there staring at you. They're just watching you. They're milky. Ooh. So the whole brunch, it's this big thing. And then Adam makes a joke about how Mac is an only child. And then she's caught in her first lie. Mm -hmm. Adam recovers nicely, though, and saves her. But the awkwardness between Nick and Claire watching Mac and Andrew is totally there. Totally. Because Adam, I mean, this is back to the chemistry thing. I think what we're meant to see as the audience is a lot of chemistry in this scene between Adam and Mac. We do see some chemistry. Yes. I, I honestly still saw it as like brother-sister energy is the vibe I no, got. No, I did see I did see romantic chemistry okay, there. Okay. Yeah, I do I did. In that that scene I thought was well done for their chemistry. Everything else I thought was lacking more so for how they end up together in the end. But that scene I did think they sold it pretty well. Okay. Yeah. So Claire brings up that Mac is writing a feature about most memorable moments at sporting events and that she's been trying to get this specific person but can't seem to get him. It turns out that she did get him and interviewed him and everything. And Adam is so pumped for her. And again, like that's supportive bestie, um, potential love interest. That's usually what is right. Like that's what you want. You want your significant other to be proud of your accomplishments and proud of things that you've, you know, set forth and and have finally gotten to. And I think Adam is a very good friend um, in that regard. But yeah, the awkwardness during this is definitely there. So Nick piques his interest in like, oh, you're writing an article, like send it to me. And Adam says, yeah, send it to me too. Like, I'd love to read it. So Max sends her article to both Nick and Adam for their thoughts. And they're both excited. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Adam is really excited to read it. He reads it right away, says it's how fantastic it is. And Nick takes two weeks to read it. That's a red flag right Yeah, isn't really interested in reading it in the first place. And when he read it, he just kind of blows her off and says, oh, yeah, no, it was good. And then she's like, well, can you give me some notes? So he says, yeah, sure. So she goes off on a job and it is boxing chess, which is a real sport, by the way. 
<laughs> and while she's there, Nick provides her with notes for the article. A full rewrite. A full rewrite of the article. Another red flag. But before we continue, I want to talk about weird but real sports. So there were no quick facts for this movie because it is very brand new. Um, So I thought I would do something a little different, and it's called Weird But Real Sports. Okay. Can I make some guesses? Absolutely. Are there anything with bugs on this list? No. There are a few. Like, we've done something like this before, so I tried to pick some that weren't, like... We haven't done like we've done the wife carrying race and the cheese wheel, you know, bonanza and whatever. So these are a little the different. Cheese wheel bonanza. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually called that, but it's yeah, it's definitely not called that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it's just called like running of the cheese or something like that. It's in the UK. Anyway, well, what are yours? All right. So we have first up tuna tossing. Tuna tossing. Yes. Or do they? Is it a ju- tuna? Can be like four hundred <laughs> pounds. Guys. Yes. How big are these tuna? So the sport began in South Australia in a small fishing community of Port Lincoln. It was inspired by the local fishermen who would toss fish onto their trucks with force, and it started being used as a way to spice up local festivals. Um, the winner is the person who manages to throw a twenty-pound fish the furthest. Sorry, if your local festivals need <laughs> fish throwing to spice things. Up, yeah, I worry. Okay, did I you worry about your community? Guys. Growing up, did you ever do minnow races? No. Oh, we did minnow races. Oh, so you have a minnow and you race the minnow? Yeah, like down this little path, and whoever, like whatever minnow got to the end fastest, you'd win a prize. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, it was that like our our school fairs. Meanwhile, these Aussies are chucking twenty <laughs> chucking tunas. tunas. Yeah, <laughs> the tuna tossing. Okay, the next is um, toe wrestling. Okay. So it's obviously similar to arm wrestling um, with attempt with players attempting to pin down their opponent's toes for three seconds. Players play with their bare feet alternating between their left and right feet and play the best of three rounds. There are separate divisions for men and women. And there is a, toe re- a world toe wrestling championship. And it's been ongoing since 1970s with growing participation. Growing participation. Uh, are you a foot person? Like do feet... Foot out. don't gross me out, okay. but like I don't have a fetish. <laughs> if that helps, no, fetish. no, no. But like, but like, you were like, you, are you a foot person? No, <laughs> the way you positioned it, I'm just uh, clarifying. Okay, <laughs> she doesn't have a fetish, guys. But like, would you ever? D- I feel like this is such a a sibling game. Like, if you had a sibling, you probably did this stupid thing at some point, and somebody was like, "Oh, let's make a sport out of it." Yes, I believe that that's probably how it started. I I don't think I would entangle my toes with somebody else. If that helps. No, okay. I'm not into toe entanglements. No. Um so chess boxing is real, oh, like chess I mentioned. Boxing is real. Yes. I love so that. competitors play 11 alternating rounds of chess and boxing for 3 minutes each. Uh this sport has fans in Germany, India, Russia, and the UK. I mean, it is the ultimate mix of intellect yes. versus brawn. Yeah. You have to have both. Like you can't be lacking in one or the other. Yeah. I just feel like the intellect might be knocked out of you. Like the more you get hit, right? Or <laughs> like, I feel like chess, there's a timer, but like you could probably stall a little bit on chess. Right. Yes. Yeah, so if you need, yeah. An so extra if you're breather. just like a really great boxer, maybe you can get by. <laughs> okay. So the next one we have is bog snorkeling. Oh, I 
already <laughs> hate this. I already hate it. So every August, over 100 swimmers from across the globe meet up in the Welsh town of, I can't, I can't pronounce it, um, in Wales. In a, in a town in Wales. Mm-hmm, to take part in the annual World Bog Snorkeling Championships. Ugh. All participants need to wear flippers and snorkels and have to complete two lengths of the 60-yard trench without using any traditional swimming strokes whatsoever. Wait, so you can't swim? I'm not sure how they get through. You're not supposed to... I'd like to see some videos. Like a bog, can you run through a bog? Is that what's implied? Like you can't swim, you gotta like walk through it's it? It's questions I don't have answers how for, How big is this bog? It's <laughs> 60 yards. No, but like how deep is it? Oh, I'm not sure. Not very deep from the picture I saw. Okay, so yeah. maybe... Yeah. Mm, mm, okay. Next up, we have extreme ironing. What lives in that bog? Like, I'm so <laughs> worried about the bog. I'm not, listen, I'm, actually, I was reading a Smithon- Smithsonian article <laughs> a few weeks ago, Shut up. and they found a bog person from like I like from like I don't know 500 BCE. God, you're so lame. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're the only person I know who would be like, oh yeah, I was just reading. A I was. Article I subscribed to it. People. I quite enjoy their articles. Yes, they found a bog person from like I would say like around like 530 BCE, which is like a really long time ago, and like 2500 years ago. It's just somebody who was. It's in a per- bog. It was perfectly preserved. Because and we have a freaking ca- sport where people run through yes. a bog where yeah. bodies could be potentially. See, that's the thing. Like I like a lake because I can see most Ugh, of what's happening. The bottom of lakes. A bog. Yeah, creep me the out. Thing. The bottom of a lake gets creepy. Ugh. Think of a bog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not my sport. I don't like it. Oh, I'm just saying man. these are real. Next, we have and you glossed over it, Devin. We have extreme ironing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Extreme ironing is a type of extreme sport where people take clothes and ironing boards to remote or dangerous locations to do a spot of ironing. Oh, I thought it was like, who could iron the fastest? No, we're moving these ironing boards. According to the Extreme Ironing Bureau, extreme ironing is the latest danger sport that combines the thrills of an extreme outdoor activity with the satisfaction of a well-pressed shirt. This sounds like the <laughs> most annoying, pretentious person I've ever met in my freaking life. Imagine getting on a hot air balloon. No. Like, wow, how oh amazing is this? And some asshole is ironing a Kay. shirt. He's like, it's a sport, you know. I'm an athlete. My grandmother <laughs> no, My grandmother used to iron everything, including towels. I mean, did she ever do them anywhere? Stra- I just feel like if I was somewhere strange and unusual and I saw somebody ironing, that person just is dying for somebody to ask him, like, yeah, I'm in Machu Picchu. And I'm ironing. <laughs> feel like, I, I really channel I Zoolander. Hope, I ben, hope. Ben Zoolander. Yeah. That, I hope that we find a, a ironer in the wild somewhere one day. That's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't that person just be begging for people to ask? Like, ask me about my ironing. Ask me. Ask me, me about, about my wiener. wiener. Yeah, okay. Um, the last one, and I'm going to do some honorable mentions, but the last one that I want to talk about is giant pumpkin ki- uh, kayaking. So instead of using a kayak, they use a giant pumpkin. The most famous giant pumpkin race by far takes place annually on Nova Scotia's in Nova Scotia. The race is around half a mile long and participants t- typically decorate their pumpkin in a colorful way. Nova Scotia, my people. Um, yes. So, so I feel like it's more like a canoe at that point, but 
Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. These must be gigantic pumpkins. They are, yes. They're they're extremely large. Some honorable mentions, underwater football. Not sure how oh, they keep I, that. I feel like I have seen that. Yeah. Yes. Um, unicycle hockey. Okay, that's absurd. Competitive worm charming. <laughs> how do you know when it's charmed? Like <laughs> it's like a snake that you play the yeah but a worm though yeah i'm i'm not really sure um pumpkin chucking yeah i like that dog surfing and lawnmower racing you know to our australian friends i was too harsh on the tuna toss because after hearing all the options <laughs> if there was one sport i would do it would probably be that one yeah. or the pumpkin thing <laughs> The pumpkin canoe. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, those two. Yeah, apologies. Because the tuna toss sounds like it's at least has some athletic ability t- to I it. I would actually like to see the tuna toss. Yeah, the tuna toss would be cool. Instead of some people running through a freaking bog. Like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it does sound awful, especially with those dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> So they all have to go all, uh, Mac convinces all our friends to go to a gala that Nick is being honored at. And, um, so it's the night of the gala and everyone is looking amazing. Adam lets the editor of the newspaper, who's also there, know that Mac has something, uh, for the newspaper, but she tells him that after, tells Adam after that Nick absolutely hated and basically rewrote it. And Adam asks like, if you're like, are you seriously considering his version? Because it's like complete crap. He's rewritten you. And he has to know, like, what do you like, Mac? Like, what are what are you about? Because you've transformed yourself into this person that isn't even you. You just like the things that he likes because you want to be with him so bad. They get into a huge argument. And he says, like, you really only like him because he's an adult and someone who's av- like completely avoided checking in on her at the gala the entire night. He's so self-absorbed with his award and taking selfies with everybody else. He hasn't even come to see her the entire night. And like who takes two weeks to read an article that's five pages long? Yeah. They basically leave. They're not talking. Once back in the apartment, Nick calls Adam flaky, which Mac does not like. But now she gets a drawer. She's finally actually gotten her goal where Nick has given her a drawer in his apartment. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. She finally brings up the article and says, you know what? Like, why did you give me like, why did you rewrite my article? And he says, because it was just easier. And she's like, that doesn't feel good. You couldn't even just give me the notes because you didn't think I could actually write it. And he tells her that you might not have a job in two weeks anyway because they're doing more layoffs. And she's like, why didn't you tell me that? Like, we're in a relationship. This is like a a reciprocal relationship that you can't share things with me. And he's so self-absorbed. And he thinks that she's freaking out for no reason at all. And they break up because she doesn't deserve that. And she knows that. And she realizes that he's never going to be someone who can be there for her. So she goes and has her sad falafel. <laughs> but she does send her editor the piece that she wrote and not the piece that Nick edited. The group is out celebrating without Adam because he hasn't returned any of Mac's phone calls. And then they see Claire and Claire's macking on somebody else. So they all go up to her and say, like, what are you doing? You're cheating on our friend. And she goes, I broke up with him a long time ago because Adam is in love with you, Mac. And Mac's like, what? No, he's not. Oh, my gosh. 
The rest of the friends sit her down and they have a conversation with Max saying like, dude, he is so in love with you. It's unbelievable. So obvious to everybody except for <laughs> uh, Max. Yeah. I think this might be one of the longest amount of times we go in a rom-com before the love interests actually realize that they love each other. The only other one I could think of, and it doesn't quite count, but like maybe P.S. I love you because she doesn't go back to that town that what's-his-face is in right. until the very last scene of the movie. But they kind of have a moment midway through. I, I was kind of like, and now we've finally made it. I looked at my phone, and there was like seven minutes left in the movie. I'm I like, know. Welcome, Mac. This you is going to tie up really quickly. <laughs> yeah, so basically at work, they run a play on Adam. The group runs a play on Adam. She... Ashley, the the girl who's now part of their group, gets tickets to the baseball game for that night. They pretend to kidnap Little and bring him out and get him to the game. But really, this is to get Adam to the game. They bring Adam to meet Mac outside the stadium. She does her grand gesture, lays it all out there. Classic grand romantic totally gesture. A great speech. Tells him why she loves him. Then she tells him that she does love him. And then they kiss. Mwah, a beautiful end to our movie. And now, as we said, we don't have any quick facts, so we can move right on to honorable mentions. My honorable mention is, without a doubt, I mean, the, the whole supporting cast for this film is fantastic. Yeah. I do want to point out Joel Courtney, though. In terms of a great decision in his career... Because, remember, he was in, I, I think he's probably most notable from The Kissing Booth, playing uh, Lee Flynn in those three movies. Where, I mean, we, we did those three movies on the pod, and, like, I thought he might have been the weaker character yes. of everybody who was involved kind of thing. And I just thought, like, he definitely had something. Like, as an actor, but I didn't feel it in those performances, and that might have been the writing of his character, totally. Yeah, kind of cast aside almost, interestingly. I, I like him. Like, he hasn't done much since The Kissing Booth 3. Mm -hmm. He's done a movie called Sick, Jesus Revolution, and now this, and I kind of liked it as like a, I'm just going to be the really funny sideline character. I'm going to be like a glue guy who pulls the group together. Kind of That was his whole thing. He has a little love story on his yeah, end, in, on the side with, with Ashley. Ashley. I, I was just so pleased to see Joel Courtney, like, you know, take a step back. You don't need to be the lead here. You don't need to be, like, the second or third. or You could be, like, the fourth or fifth person, yeah. and you can nail it. And I think it almost makes me feel like, yeah, may maybe he could lead a movie again, you know? I, I agree. And I think for me, my honorable mention is, like, the friend group. Because I think the writing for them was well done. And the way that they were brought into the script and the story was like you you felt like you were part of it you felt like you were part of them running the plays that you didn't fully understand but you like were you enjoyed it you the jokes were really well done with with all of them like you watched it played out and you enjoyed it like i i enjoyed watching all of the scenes with the friends mm -hmm. and they were a big part of the movie like she really wasn't without her friend group for a lot of the movie what should have been I mean, I think we would both agree maybe a little bit more chemistry before the or um, for the actual love interests at the end. Right. Yeah. I talked about that before. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later. I agree with that. I would have loved 
because I thought the plays that they run are so clever mm-hmm. and so funny. I would have liked to see it a little bit more in the How I Met Your Mother style, where like, give me a little chalkboard write up of what this is kind of thing, or like like right. a graphic, yes. something, like splash something yeah. on the screen, yeah, um, a la Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. In fact, this film made me think of like, what are some of the funny plays that he would run on How I Met Your Mother? Would you like to hear some? Yes, absolutely. Barney Stinson would sometimes do the uh, Lorenzo von Matterhorn was the oh, name yes, of the play. I do remember that. Think of a fancy, unique name. Create fake websites praising this fake person for all his prestigious achievements. Tell girls how famous you are. And when they Google you, they're impressed by your success. <laughs> he runs a play called The Brian's Friend. Walk up to a girl. Tell her it's great to see her again <laughs> and that you're sorry, but you can't quite remember her name. When she says she doesn't know you, tell her you're Brian's friend. Because literally, everyone knows a Brian. I don't know a Brian. Like, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who I know that is Brian. I met a Brian when I was in Ireland. Brian. And that's it. I don't even think I have anybody named Brian on my Facebook. Do you have a a cousin named Brian? No. If I do, I'm sorry, but I don't think I do. Do you know a Brian? I don't know a Brian either. Like maybe that's maybe that's like a specific like <laughs> time period thing, you know? It's only accurate ten to fifteen Ooh. years ago. Ooh, there are no more Brians. <laughs> no more Brians. I was actually just watching a TikTok that was like it was from a kid talking about how like old people names. Like, what do you think of as old people names? Dick. Whatever you think of. They're like, oh, yeah, Olivia, what an old people name. And I'm like, oh, God, we're going to get to a point where, like, Gertrude, like, how we look at Norma is how kids are going to start looking at, like, Brittany. Yeah. And Jessica. Jessica. Stephanie. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, There's also, like, a why it would work part, which I find funny for Barney Stinson. He said she'll feel bad about forgetting you. At the very least, she'll continue asking you questions about how you know Brian in the hopes that it'll jog her memory. That's why it would work. Uh, He also does the missing cat. Figure out who's missing a cat. Go to the animal (laughs) shelter and adopt a cat that looks like the missing feline. Bring it to uh, her owner who just happens to be a single girl because of course. Of course. And then why it works. Because you saved her beloved pet. You're basically a hero. (laughs) Local celebrity. Local celebrity. And now overall rewatchability. I've got chemistry. A 2.2. Already talked about it. Did not love the chemistry at all times in this movie. Although the chemistry between like the actual friend group yeah. was fantastic. And the chemistry between Damon and Gina was good. It just didn't scream. Romance. Yeah. Uh, Storyline, 3.65. Thirst Factor, 3.95. Not only is Gina gorgeous, her style in this movie. Oh, frick, I loved the it. The dresses she wears. Yes. And then Tom Ellis is no slouch, I'm sure uh, he would agree. Yeah, no, he's not. Imagination of 4.59. It is a very clever movie. It's a very clever script. Uh, Soundtrack, a 3.15. Nothing really notable there. And Cheese, a 3.25. That's an overall score of 3.465 for me. Okay, my rewatchability is Chemistry, 3.6. That is for the friend group. Storyline, 4.1. Thirst Factor, 4.5. Because yes fine people imagination 4.3 yeah some some 
good concepts. I liked it. Soundtrack 3, Cheese 3.5, for an overall score of 3.83 out of 5. This has been the Romcom Rewind of players. No matter where you're listening, throw us a follow. And throw us a follow on Instagram, at Romcom Rewind. Thanks for listening.